called them to do. Genesis chapter 12. Um, Genesis chapter 12 and verse number one is where we're going today to receive what God wants to say to us. Um, how many are expectant? When I get to talking slow like this, I'm just letting Holy Spirit um, do what he wants to do. So often we move so fast into the next thing that we miss out on what God wants to do. And I just want to be very conscious of what the Lord said. Would you just lift your hands for a moment? And, and if, you're, if you've got a little bit of worship, uh, if you're a little bit of a worshiper at all, if you could just, without a song or anything, would you take the few next uh, uh, minute or so, stop the clock, please, because it's not my time, um, um, and just worship the Lord for a moment. Just worship the Lord. Just lift your voice for a moment. That's it. Come on, just take a minute and worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just take a moment and honor you. We recognize what you're doing right now. We recognize that you are present. We don't take moments in your presence for granted. Holy Spirit, thank you for being you. And thank you for being here. Thank you for being you and thank you for being here. Thank you for being the one that is the helper. And we sense and feel your help and your strength in this room. Right now, we lift our hearts and we lift our, our minds. We lift our, we lift our voices to you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for the transforming power. Thank you for the transforming power of the resurrection. Thank you for the transforming power of the resurrection. Thank you for the transforming power of the resurrection. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this is an hour of metamorphosis. Thank you, Lord God, that you're taking us in. Literally, God, moving us into new forms. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to look different than what we might have looked even last week. This is, this is the hour of metamorphosis in your presence. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Transform. That's it. By the renewing of our mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for transformation. You ought to lift your hands there. Thank you for transformation. Thank you for transformation. Thank you. You're transforming us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're making us new. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you are. Thank you for the metamorphosis. We don't have to be who we were. We don't have to remain in the old places. But we are wide open to what it is that you designed for us to do and to be. Lord, I pray over these next few moments you would have your way. Whatever you're into, that's what we're into. If you want to heal the sick, I pray, Lord, let your will be done. Matter of fact, I speak to every sick body in this room. And I release the healing grace and power of God to every single physical body. Thank you for the power to heal blood diseases. Thank you for the power to heal limbs. Thank you for the power, oh God. 
Lord, to, to heal blind people. You did it just last Sunday for me, God. I think you'll do it again. Anyone, God, that's blind in their eyes, cloudiness in their eyes, sight loss, Father, I thank you. You have the ability to heal them right now in your presence. And we are grateful for it. Now, if you love Jesus, just give him a big hand clap of praise, will you? <laughs> Glory to God. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now, I actually, okay, praise God. I see it. Um, the Bible says, now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. Somebody say a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing, and I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse them who curses you. In, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse number four. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. I want to minister a message um, this morning entitled, Listen. Listen. Thank you so very much. Um, it is... Um, this is the first reference, reference that we see in Scripture of God speaking since Noah. Uh, Apostle did an amazing job last week bringing us into not just the experience of Noah, but even his life after the promise. We find that God doesn't speak again until this story having to do with Abraham. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, having to do with Abraham. And here's the thing about Abraham. Abraham is really one of the Old Testament figures that is seen the most in the New Testament. There's no Old Testament figure that's seen the most in the New Testament as Abraham is. Abraham is considered by many our, our father of faith. He's the man of faith. He's, he's, a, he's the father that the blessing of the Lord comes through. Look at somebody and say, Abraham is a bad man. Abraham's call was not a call that uh, was a perfect situation. When he was called, according to Romans chapter 4 and 10, he was called while he was in idolatry. He, he was called not because he was perfect, but he was called when God called him. He was called in a messed up situation. I love that out the gate because it's just a constant reminder that I do not have to have it all together to be called by God. Does it matter? Does it matter if you would like me to have it all together? Because let's be real, please, that a lot of times people want the people that God used to be perfect. Y'all want to act quiet in here today. We, we want them to be perfect. And then when they don't seem perfect or they have a bad day or they don't look at you like the way you want them to look at you, somebody talk back to me. Then we got a problem, huh? And some of us, that's how your family has treated you. That's how people around you has treated you. And they're like, ain't you supposed to be a Christian? Ain't you supposed to be this? And you acting like that? And so it's this idea of perfection with the Christian call. But the reality is God called Abraham when he was still yet in his mess. Somebody ought to say thank you Jesus right there because y'all are a house full of jacked up people and you need to be grateful to God that God will still lay his hands on you even while you're in this process. This is good sermon. Thank you sir. He was called um, in his mess. Called him. We don't know 
how he heard God. We don't know if he heard God through an audible voice. We don't know whether he just whispered in his heart. But it's clear that he heard God and that the call was very personal to him. That God spoke directly to where he is. It was a sign that God saw Abraham. I love that. This is just not my message at all. Just a little intro. But God saw Abraham. Um, and, 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 and we know that God is no respecter of person. I need you to please look at somebody who looks super irritated and already ready to go home and tell them this. Tell them this. Tell them, tell them God sees you. Ooh-wee. Oh. Mm-hmm. When you know God sees you, then it doesn't matter who doesn't see you. Have you... Have you felt like, felt like you was just hitting it and nobody could see or understand you? And that, that it seemed like every time you opened your mouth, at times you was misunderstood. You know what I'm saying? It's like, God, dog, yeah. I mean, and, and you felt like people just could not see. It's not that they didn't see you. They didn't see the genuine you. They didn't, they didn't see what was really going on in you. But I just want to prophesy just to a couple of people. Maybe it's not for everybody. I believe it is, but you got to receive it. But I want you to realize God sees you. And here's, here's my favorite part about it. He has not forgotten about you. I'm about to run. I said he has not forgotten about you. It may feel like that it's taking a long time, but I told you earlier, the Spirit of God has come in the room to break denial and delay. You heard me? I said to break denial and delay. And I need you to know that it doesn't matter how long it feels like you've been waiting for whatever promise you have been waiting for. The God of heaven told me to tell you today in 2019 that he sees you and he's not forgotten about you. Doesn't matter how far everybody else has been, what they have accomplished and what they have seen. God sees you. Let me continue the little talk today. So Abraham um, has a call from God. It's called why he's messed up. His call is very personal. God speaks directly to him, and I love it because that means for us that I don't have to be dependent, Pastor Byron on any preacher or even prophet, praise God for all of them, to hear God. Wait a minute. God wants a personal relationship with crazy me? Absolutely. <laughs> One of the things he said about Abraham later in scripture is that he called Abraham friend. Woo-wee. That's a whole different ballgame. Because now we transition from honoring God just as Lord, Right? But understanding that God wants a friendship with earthly man. God doesn't want you just to worship at his feet without, without you having a consistent. This is what the Bible talks about when it says pray without ceasing. It's not this idea that you're walking around all day. That's not what the Bible's saying. We believe in the spirit. Nothing against praying in tongues. But this is, that's not what the Bible is saying. It's saying consistent communication. Consistent communication. God loves to talk with his friends. So God calls Abraham friend. He, he talks to Abraham in a very personal way. And he begins to give him this call. And the first part of this call that God gives him, he says, get, and get thee out, the King James Version says. Get thee out. The first call that Abraham receives is a call of separation. Y'all don't want this, huh? A call of separation. He's saying everything 
that you've ever known, every connection, friendship that's been present and that might have uh, hid your call or hid the promise that I had for you. I want you to remove yourself from that environment. Some of your greatest disruptions in your relationships is not because God is punishing you, but it's because he loves you. God will extract you. I like this word better. He will rescue you. He will rescue you out of an environment that has the potentiality to snuff out the fire on your life. This is good. He, he, He will bring you out of an environment that people who don't have the mind capacity, the spirit capacity, To believe what God has said about you. So he says, I know you liked him, but I'm going to have to pull you out of there. That's why you can't just pick any old kind of church. You got to go into a place that has capacity. I wish somebody just go like this. Capacity. It's not about who's popular, who goes there. It's not about the fanciest names. It's not about the best and beautiful buildings. Does the place have the capacity to birth me into where I'm supposed to be? It's it's a question of capacity. I hear you, Lord. Your relationships is a question of capacity. I don't choose my friends by do we have the same favorite color? Do you like crawfish? Because I like crawfish. I ain't stuck none of y'all. There's people shaking their head. Daryl and I'm paying no attention. I like. <laughs> I like crawfish. I don't, I'm not picking my friends based upon crawfish. I, I, what I found out now in my life, the Lord said, you got to invest in the kind of relationships you want. One of my friends is, is going to have a conference this coming week. And, and it was a last-minute thing for me to get there, but I felt like I was supposed to be coming, coming up this coming Thursday. I felt like I was supposed to be at this conference. It cost me, it cost me, I'll share, it, it cost me somewhere about, uh, somewhere about $1,700 in last-minute tickets. But, but the next level, y'all don't want this. I'm going to stretch you today. The next level will cost you. This is why you don't have information that's available in certain settings. Because the wealthy and those that have great capacity understand. If I'm going to want something, I'm going to have to invest in it. And even in your relationships. And so the way I saw it was here's an investment in the kind of friends that I want in my life. I need the kind of people around me that have the capacity to help push what's on me. I wish somebody just holler push. I need somebody that has the ability to help push what's on the inside of me. So it takes investment. I just sit down, be seated. He said, get fee out. Get the out. God will move you from where you were living. And pull you in. That's what's happening here at All Nations San Bernardino. It has drawing power. 
God will draw people from all kinds of parts of the world or even here in California and say, I'm moving you to where my movement is. Y'all ain't getting this. There's like, oh, yeah, okay, there are people that God is going to begin to draw. We prophesied it before. It's happening again. And he will begin to draw people from the nations of the world to this location because God says, I've got to get people to a place with capacity. I've got to get people in a place where they can be birthed. I've got to get people in a place where they can be pushed out. I've got to get people to a place where they can be developed for their destiny. And so God will inconvenience you to get something out of you. Get the out. Whatever place that has been the place of familiarity to you. He's saying, get thee out. And this is what he tells them. And I'm going to take you to a land I'll show you later. Now, this is ridiculous. This is just, to me, this is dumb. You mean you just want me to start walking? Bitches for everybody that have to have all of the instructions before you move. That's not biblical. There are times when God will tell you to move and the only instruction you have is get the out. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I'm not going to tell you who to talk to when you get there. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to look like. I'm not going to give you any prophetic signs. All the word I got for you today is get the out. And you who wants everything to be lined up, God say, I don't owe you nothing but one word. Get the out. And I'll show you when I feel like it. Problem is, you want to be in charge. Everybody can't be king. Either he's going to be king and you're going to be a subject, or either you're going to be king and try to make him a subject. But the reality is both of you can sit on the throne at the same time. And you've got to make a decision that I'm going to acquiesce to what the king wants to do. I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm not going to push it anymore. But I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to go exactly where it is he wants me to be. Look at your neighbor say, get thee out, man. Get, get out. Get out. Get out. Whatever's been comfortable for you, get out. And real faith does not have it all lined up. Appreciate your perfect plan one and heaven's self. I know that didn't make no sense, but it sounds good to me. Got to have my plans together. Gotta write it down. You've been writing it down for 10 years, man. You, how much writing can you do? You have no books full of plans that you ain't done nothing with. Come on, I'm believing God. Yes, I'm not, not, not. I lay hands on this. I just believe God. He's not going to do anything till you step out. He moves when you move. I'm telling you, he moves upon your movements. It's just like in Genesis 1. He was hovering over the face of the waters. You hear me? It's the same thing. He's moving upon your movements. 
of your country. From, this is all still intro. My message ain't even here yet. From your family. From your father's house. From your father's house. From your father's house. Why from your father's house? Because if you study history, his father was dead. Why from your father's house? Why? Why from your father's house? Why? He's not there anymore. So why do I need to leave my father's house? It's the environment there that knew you as what you were. Daddy's gone. But the environment is familiar. It's just like Jesus. Remember, the Bible says he was able to do little miracles in his hometown because of the lack of honor that was there and present. Let me tell you what I've learned over the years. The lack of honor will get you feeling like there's something wrong with you. I'm not in the season of this right now in this house, but there was a time where, where there was such a low level of lack of honor inside of my own house that, that, I, that I was at places where I would be like, God, I, I begin to second guess. And this is not the explanation of anybody else or anybody else's fault because you can't blame other people for your own struggle. Your relationship with God ought to be able to get you through. But I'm just giving an example. I'm just giving an example because I don't want you now to say, oh, yeah, I'm this way because of my family. That's not what I'm saying. But I was at a place where I allowed the lack of honor to limit me. Not in this season, but there was a season of time. And if you allow that to happen to you because of familiarity and because people see you often and people around you often and you let people into your personal space or, or they get to see you in vulnerable areas, then oftentimes people then will begin to box you in. He says, you've got to get out of your father's house to a land I will show you. Um, uh, Get out of the country from your family. Get out of the country from your family. Get out of the country and from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Give me verse 2. I will make you a great nation. Okay. I will bless you. This is really good. I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing. Next verse. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse. We love this part right here. I will curse anybody that curse you. Yeah, God. When I, when I read that earlier, some people was like, huh, yeah. I mean, we want people to get cursed. I mean, y'all saying the fake now. But when I was reading that, I mean, the power that came in this room, y'all was like, yes, curse anybody that cursed me, God. And in all, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a powerful statement about one individual. I mean, that just, let's keep going. So Abraham, here's my message. Departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Just keep that up for a minute. But many of you, you don't understand the significance of this because you don't understand that Lot was Abraham's nephew. Get out your country. Leave your father's house. I'll take you to a land I will show you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and took his nephew. Get out this country. Get out of your father's house. Leave all of your family. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him and took his nephew. Leave everything you know. Leave them behind. Take your folks. Take your, your wife. Your, your, take what you got and take your possessions and leave. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him and took his nephew with him. First note today, 
of today's message, I want you to write this down, is beware of unintended responsibilities. There are responsibilities that God never intended for you to have. At first glance, it seems like Abraham's doing nothing but being a good follower of God. If you don't even think about Lot, you would know that Lot had just experienced much death. His dad had died. His grandfather had died. So it seems like the good godly thing to do. As a man who's looking at another person that's had great loss, then I'm going to come alongside to help him along his journey. Because there's a need. But not every need that exists is a need that you're supposed to fulfill. Unintended responsibilities. People, stuff, and places that God never intended for you to take on. So here you are going through life concerned about stuff that shouldn't be your concern. Stuff clogging your ability to do what it is that you are supposed to do. The stuff that you should be concerned about. The places you should go. If your time is clogged up with being places you shouldn't be just because you're trying to be nice, then it's taking the place of the spaces you're supposed to be in. Say so with this. That's why why you got to pray. Uh, Hammer used to say, you got to pray, 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 pray. You got to pray just to make it today. You got, listen, uh, you, you, you've got to, some of y'all so young, y'all don't even know who MC Hammer is. It's just, uh, my God. It was like a holy hush that came into the house. It was like, who? Who who was Hammer? Uh, uh, (laughs) That just blessed my entire life, my God. So so you got to pray to navigate, right? You got to ask God questions. Should I go here? Should I I connect with them? Should I be in that place? Should I pick that up? Should I put that down? I've got to ask God questions. And what I found out is if you ask, he'll answer. If you knock, the door is going to be open. If you seek... You shall find. Listen to me. It is, you just got to position yourself to realize that it's not as complicated as most Christians have made it. You got to ask and wait till you hear. It's often that we've moved too fast even when we've asked. God didn't answer you as fast as you wanted him to answer you. So you decided you would create a plan by yourself. You decided I'll go where I want to go. I'll make the connections I want to make. I'll be where I want to be. And God's like, I was never in it. Therefore, I'm not responsible. I'm not held responsible to keep it together. You praying for God to restore relationships that he never intended for you to have. Beware of unintended responsibilities. Let's first of all, let's understand some things. Lot, Lot was not a small child in need of a caretaker. 
He was a full-grown behind man. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all put another word in there, but he was a full, <laughs> full-grown behind man. Are you hearing me? You've got to understand that about some of the people you're in a relationship with. Just like God took care of you when you were in your hardest time, either you're going to let him be God or you're going to try to be him. Because if he was God enough to handle you, he's God enough to handle that cousin that's always asking to borrow money. I can't hear nobody. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, just because you need it don't mean I'm supposed to give it to you. Uh, uh, you listen to me. You're going to have to know God for yourself. I can't hear you. You're going to have to find God's voice for yourself and get with the Lord. And don't look at me like, oh, that guy's a Bible game, gift to death, that any. You're talking to the wrong person about that, friend. I, I give my life to take care of people. I, I, I'm a philanthropist at the best of it. So I am not saying don't care for people, but I'm saying care for the people he tells you to care for you can tell me that the little kids in Africa need food all you want not my problem y'all don't like the way that sounds y'all don't like the way that sounds y'all don't like the way that sounds not my problem I was not called to send food to Kenya y'all don't like that see that's what gets you in trouble because just because there's a need, you broke now, sending your money somewhere God never told you to send it. And you're asking God, Lord, where's my harvest? And God said, you sent it to Kenya, fool. Your whole miracle is in Kenya. Are you getting this? Again, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying give. You don't, you don't know many people as generous as I am. I, I just, I'm bold enough to say that to you. Okay? You don't know people as generous as I am. You don't know many people that generous on that level. So let me say that to you. So I'm not talking about not having generosity. What I am saying is having generosity where he tells you to have it. Un Intended, is this helping anybody? Unintended responsibilities. I like 1 Samuel 15, 22. 1 Samuel 15, 22, I like it. It says, it says, it says uh, so Samuel said, has the, Lord, uh, ha has the Lord as great delight in, in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better. We love this part. Better than sacrifice. And to heed the fat of the rams. Let's go to the next thing. But rebellion. This got me in trouble a couple of years ago. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Some of you are like, well, I'm not rebelling. Well, because you didn't ask. The act of not asking and the, the act of not praying to him is rebellion itself. Prayerlessness is rebellion. Let man pray. God, I feel the Holy Ghost and not faint. <laughs> you think God's just putting commands in there to give you a choice? There's no vote in the kingdom. 
Democracy has jacked you up. There's no vote. You don't get to vote on praying. God, I put mine in. I, I, actually, I choose not to pray. We're in a, we're in a non-praying season. Rebellion. I'm going to go even further. Some of you don't understand when God gives a call to a house and you don't align yourself with it, you're in rebellion. It's about to get quiet real soon. Here it comes. So when you hear the church fast corporately on Wednesdays, listen, the church fast every Wednesday, 12 a.m. to 12 a.m., every Wednesday, water only, water only. It's quiet in here. The church fast every Wednesday. From 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. Now, I, you can't tell me I missed it in announcements. I, I didn't get the email. I, did, I don't see it online. I, I didn't, nobody ever told me. I, I, didn't never, I never knew. Uh, my leader didn't tell me. The person, my friend that go to the church didn't say nothing. The church fast. Every Wednesday. From, thank you for my help, Reverend. From 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. So when you in the Starbucks line and post, my favorite is when people offer me food on the fast day. Apostle, I love you so much. I was wondering, did you want anything today? I was on my way to go get my food. Would you like me to bring you something? So now the text back. Is this a joke? Is it a test? Because it surely is fasting day. Now, let me help you with this. I'm on this for a reason. There's a blessing that you miss out when you don't tap into the corporate move. Y'all can get I mean, it's just quiet in here. Yeah, I mean, people are sick of me. They're like, move on, Reverend. I'm not going to. Why do we fast? Not to get closer to God. We fast so that we can put away the flesh. We put away, we kill our flesh when we fast. And I'm going to say this to you. This is not a judgment thing. If you're doing it out of feeling judged, don't do it. If you're doing it out of feeling like somebody's making you, don't do it. I'm not trying to make you. I'm trying to teach you and to be able to bring you into it. Fasting will change your life. If you can't spend 24 hours without food, your problems are much bigger than what you thought. I mean, the way that I am, listen, I've been in church all my life, so when it gets super quiet like this, this means that it's like 85% of everybody is being hit by this. You have a discipline. Your belly is your God. And for all of you people, that's religious. Well, then you're saying Jesus was? Bible said he was led into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Fasting. Fasting was a way of the Old Testament and the New Testament. To be able to take your life to the next level. Why y'all so quiet? Look at your neighbor and say, eat this word. Tell me, I got to eat. I got to work out. It's called fasted cardio, dude. Seriously. Blessings. I'm not stutting. All of you people that be in the gym tonight, I got to eat because I got to work out. You're a liar. Y'all want me to move, and I ain't moving. We fast 
every Wednesday from 12 a.m. to 12. Now, if you want to go to a church that don't want to train you to be disciplined, I can give you a list. Come see me after church. But if you want to go to the next level, find you a leader that'll push you. That's what I'm saying to you. You need somebody who will look you right in your ugly face. And what I mean by that, not that you're ugly, people make ugly faces when you're getting them like this. So right now, people's faces are all scrunched up all over the sanctuary. And I'm not studying none of your scrunched up faces. All right, I'll pull out. So, first point, beware. Y'all still here? Beware with your greedy self, glutton. Beware. Beware with your want to be a world changer but can't spend 24 hours with God without food. Beware. Beware of unintended responsibilities. Look at somebody say, this is good. Some of, y'all, some of y'all just faking it till you make it, but it's okay, just say, this is good. Here's my second point, and then I'm gonna leave you to your food. Here's number two. Here it is. Number two is, take the right amount of baggage. God has assigned you to take certain things with you. But when you take weights that he hasn't intended for you to have, you are now slowing down your process. <laughs> Come here, um, uh, Zach. Come here. Swiftly. Stand here. Uh, Come here, BJ. Listen. Thin guys. Come adjust them. Rashad. Where's Dre? Where's Dre? Oh, you're interested. Stay where you are, Reverend. I don't want to re-injure you. You'll be blaming me. Come here, um, Carter, Carter. All right. Sir, I want you to get on your back. Get on your knees, rather. That's what I meant. Like this. Stay here. Come here, Carter. I want you, okay, to, you're not going to, you're just going to go right here. There we go. Okay, lean over. Yeah, there you go. Okay, don't let Carter follow his parents and kill me. Okay, I want you to pick him up. Get up. Zach, help him, guys. Don't let him fall. Okay, stay like that. He can handle this, okay? Maybe a little uncomfortable, but he can handle it. It's the weight that God intended for him to be able to have. It's stretching him a little bit, but it's the weight that God intended for him to have. He, he can carry this a little bit. He can, oh, just walk a couple of steps. Walk, come on, hold him and walk a couple of steps. There you go. Yeah, okay, stop. You can, you can, he can, he can move. But that's the way God intended to be on him. Um, um, Abraham was called to go into the plan of God for his life, and God had an intended amount of weight. He had a, he had a specific 
uh, uh, amount of weight that he had enabled Abraham to carry. Um, he, he wanted him to carry that, but there was not room for anything else. I love what Genesis 13 said. You all right, Zach? Genesis 13 begins to show us that Abraham and Lot both had a bunch of possessions. And when they got to the land God was sending Abraham to, Abraham built an altar and he worshiped. Lot did not. The scriptures made clear to not involve Lot in that. Lot did not come to the altar. So that, that's a whole different message. What he was carrying him with was not willing to worship. What he was carrying with him was not willing to worship. You can't go into my next place with me if you don't want to be able to go into the place of sacrifice with me. Lot didn't come to the altar. Abraham was at the altar. Built the altar. But then there was a problem. There was not enough room for Abraham and Lot. So there was an argument that began to happen in Genesis 13. There was a problem that was created. Why? Because Abraham was never supposed to be there with Lot. He had a certain amount of baggage that he was supposed to carry. But he was not supposed to be carrying his weight and Lot's weight. Back on your knees, Reverend. Come on, swiftly. Go ahead, back in position, Reverend. Okay. Uh, you, come here. Now you lean over. Okay. Now y'all, are, y'all spotters. Y'all two are spotters, so I need y'all just in. Okay. Um, get up, Zach. Come on, Abraham. You see how he's struggling? You know, you, uh, you see how he's struggling? It was never, you know, he had to do that with assistance. He could not carry that by himself because Abraham was never intended to carry Lot's issues and situations. He was only intended to carry what belonged to him. You are acting much like Abraham, carrying stuff that you was never supposed to carry. You've got to take the right amount of baggage. Thank you. Sit down. I got to go. I'm out of time. Listen to me. They were arguing in Genesis 13 because there was not enough room for Abraham's baggage and Lot's. We're not even talking about how in Genesis 14, how Abraham had to go rescue Lot because a gang of kings decided to capture him. So now, not only are you carrying weight you're not supposed to carry, you're distracted with somebody else's problem. While you're supposed to be fulfilling purpose, you are over here somewhere now fighting some battle you were never designed to fight. You are over here now worrying about some
some problem you were never supposed to worry about. You were over here handling something he never intended for you to handle. Oh my God, but God is saying you got to fight the battles I've anointed you for. And to stop fighting the battles of somebody else. Look at your neighbor and say, fight the right battles, man. We, 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 we got to go. We got to go. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. Remember your call. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house, to a land I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And I, I, will, I will be, you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in all the families of the earth, you shall be blessed. He had the promise of possession. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a space. I'm going to give you something beyond your wildest dreams that I'm going to give you. His promise was the promise of possession. And the only thing that was impeding his progress is that he did not listen, that's the message, to God's instructions wholeheartedly. Partial Obedience, you've heard it before, is disobedience. Wasn't until Lot and Abraham departed from each other with finality, was Abram really able to press into what God designed for him to press into. Got the promise of possession. I love this part of the promise. He had the promise of being made a blessing. What God is designing for you to do, he's just not going to bless you. He's making you a blessing. That means that everything around you is about to be tremendously blessed through your life, your existence, your yes to God is about to make a difference for so many others. But God needs your full focus and he wants you to listen. What are God's instructions to you? How is he revealing his heart to you? It's time for you to obey and to listen. And to listen will require oftentimes for you to cut that flesh away. So you're not listening to your own soul desires over listening to the voice of God. If you didn't hear nothing else that I said to you today, you've got to remember that God needs you to put your ear to his heart. What is the heartbeat of God and what is he designed for you? If you listen, everything will change around you. If you're ready to go into the next level of listening to God, I want you to give God the greatest praise you possibly can. Come on, I want you to praise God for a rebuke. Y'all didn't say nothing. I want you to praise God for a rebuke. I want you to praise God for a cutting. I want you to praise God for a correction. I want you to praise God that he'll realign you. I want you to praise God that he won't leave you in foolishness. I want you to praise God for a house that has the ability to drive you into where you're supposed to be. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you for speaking to us. Please turn the guitar down in my monitor. Lift your hands. Thank you, Lord for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for how you're moving. Let's just take a couple of seconds here and just thank you.
Thank him for his direction. Thank him for your, his correction. Thank him for leading you and guiding you. Thank him for showing you the way. Thank him that he never leaves you or forsakes you. Thank him that he's always directing you. He's not going to leave you in a place of error. Make a fresh commitment in your heart this afternoon to listen to him. Make a fresh commitment in your heart today to listen to him and to follow his plan and his ideas. Make a fresh commitment to, to follow the directions that he has set up for you. Father, we say yes to you.